Welcome, everybody, to the Dirty Slides podcast. I am your host, Joe Prano, coming to you live from the woodsy woodsness of somewhere in Southern California. Joined, as always, by my co-host from the lair inside the Laz Lair, Andy Laz Lazarus. How are you? What it is, Joe. How are we feeling today? We're doing good. We went with an old school live radio intro of our John Right Fogarty, off the iPhone. Yeah, John Fogarty Centerfield theme song because I'm having computer issues. My one computer in the shop, uh, or not even in the shop, just on IL. Uh, your, your computer's in the shop, and now you're recording podcasts on your porn machine? Exactly. Yeah. I'm recording, I'm recording a podcast on the fucking like the Microsoft surface tablet that my brother like gifted me the last time my porn machine went down. <laughs> He's like, oh, Merry um, Christmas. Here's a new porn machine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I am, I am, I, you know, I could, I could, I figured I could do two things. I could learn, um, I could learn how to edit on a PC or I could go with a live off the iPhone intro of Centerfield or third option, which I immediately determined was not an option because we've done it before and fans were enraged, which is just to go no intro. Yeah, they, the, they're not having that. The, the people need not their center that. field. They need their center field. Well, so, good, good producing. Um, Laz, it has been a while uh, since we since we checked in. A lot mm-hmm. happening in baseball. A lot, a lot happening in your basketball world. A lot, a lot happening, um, you know, t- in, in Top Gunville. Oh, man. Um, wh- where do we start? Because the, the second I got you on the Zoom, you were like, have you and Andy covered Top Gun Maverick sufficiently? <laughs> or should we Top Gun Maverick? And I was just like, who, who are you talking to? I'll talk yeah. to we do. We could do. We could do 45 minutes on Top Gun Maverick and just do 15 minutes of baseball if we want. Sure. Let, let's go there and see where see where it lands. Um, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Top Gun Maverick was a good movie. I um, shed a tear almost immediately when I see the guys on the aircraft carrier point forward. Um, wow, that, that yeah, might that like, might be an earlier tear than I shed. It was just like the single. Um, uh, the white people are destroying my land. Indian tier from the <laughs> 1970s. Mine, uh, my, I went was your first year. I went full chill, like first gong of the Top Gun theme. I went full chills, like full. Oh yeah, that gong, right, right, right. Just like full, like goosebumps, mm-hmm. pun intended, all over goosebumps, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I'm, I was not prepared for how emotional I'm going to be. And then my first tear comes. Uh, when we see Mavericks, um, corkboard, uh, homage to his dead friend Goose, like the Goose, yeah, Maverick, yeah. Maverick is now living out of a fucking old timey uh, plane hangar, desert in an in an aircraft carrier, in yeah, in an air, airplane hangar, and he's got like uh, a former cook site, yeah, <laughs> he got a little breaking bad. I mean, it was nice. It was like a billionaire's cook site. Basically. Yeah. And he's got and he's got a uh, he's got a dream board of just old pictures of Goose, him and Goose, Goose's kid, Goose's kid growing up. And I was like, uh, uh, I'm crying. <laughs> um, much less gay than the original. Dude, they, that's they been my like, 
they lost. There's like no gay vibes anymore. That's Except for the, I mean, the off we're playing offense and defense football game. Yeah. Um, um, you know, was not as gay as the volleyball game and probably no. the gayest, the gayest moment in the movie. Yeah. But that was it. And, and I, I've joked, I, I even did it on stage the other day. I was like, the original Top Gun is super duper gay. Not even like, you know, I've, I've, I've had this, I've yeah. had this argument with people. I've had this argument with people who are like, no, they do a lot of like gay jokes. And I'm like, when the one dude is listening to uh, fighter pilot stats and he says he's getting a hard on and the other guy replies, don't tease me. That's not a joke, dude. Those guys fuck each other. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. The first line in the movie um, between Mav and Goose, that's not you know in the plane, is okay. Here's the bet, Mav. Yeah. You know, intercourse yeah. of a lady this time. Carnal knowledge. Carnal on the knowledge. premises of a lady the- this time. And, yeah, and he's like, and, all right. And Tom Cruise's smile during that gives yeah. away, like he goes to drink his beer and he's like, oh, you yeah. got me. I definitely fucked a dude last time. And I, and I said this on stage, I was like, taking something from 35 years ago that was so unbelievably gay and essentially taking three and a half decades to whitewash it and turn into something that has no gay vibes what, whatsoever is a little too on the nose for Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> This is Tom Cruise's career in a nutshell. <laughs> Dude, you were gay. And now you refuse to be the slightest bit gay. Now, do you think, um, do we know when Tom Cruise joined uh, the Church of Scientology? I have no Was idea. Was it before or after Top Gun? I feel like it had, I feel like that's that would be early Scientology, very, right? It's very. It would be very early Scientology. I mean, like, he was still a kid in 1986. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if he was married to uh, his first wife then, but I'm not sure if, if she introduced him to Scientology or what. But it would make sense that it was after Top Gun because it would make sense if like the people from Scientology saw Top Gun and they were like, and they're hey, like, whoa, hey, buddy. Whoa, 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 you got gay aliens. Yeah. You got to get out immediately. We need to do a gay alien exorcism. Yes. <laughs> And that he was like, and that'll be good for my career. They're like, yeah, man, it's way, way, way too early for people to start taking a gay heartthrob seriously. (laughs) You cannot. This is only 1986, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. AIDS is everywhere, dude. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah. They're like, we are not ready for that. So you said a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. I, I, I was invested the whole time. Um, uh, the, I I felt like there was a couple of sl- parts that I, I kind of slowed down on it. And I think they generally had to do um, with the girl. Although I did like how they kind of uh, mentioned this particular girl in the original Top Gun. Twice, yeah. Yeah, because he was uh, one uh, high-speed pass over, you know, a tower and one admiral's daughter. Yeah. And that happened to be the admiral's daughter. Yeah, solid. So that was great. Good Easter egg. Yeah, um, they said they said Penny. I, Penny. I went to see it with, with Randy, and I was like, that's Penny Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> that's the admiral's daughter. 
Um, and uh, but I thought, I, you know, like you don't want to bog down this this story with the love story um, too much. But I thought it was a little bit like uh, Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when uh, Marion comes back and she's like, "I haven't seen you in thirty years. Let's let's get married." Like, yeah. You know, yeah. kind of simping a little bit. Um, but these these shots of of uh, the dog fighting was just next level. And apparently all real. Yeah, I bet. It, yeah, that it seems did, on brand. Did, did you uh, did you have like Tom Cruise pre-film giving you like a little like all these things are real? Did he give you like his talking to? I missed it. OK, I missed it because Dave was like, go get me some fucking razor <laughs> I don't know. I'm missing. <laughs> so in mine, in mine, I think it was post trailers, pre Top Gun. Yeah. It's Tom Cruise in like a director's chair. He's like, I just want you to know all the fighter stuff in this is 100% real. It was really important to me to be real, blah, 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 which is crazy because like the, you know, no spoilers, but like the, at the end, the the one fighter jet that like stalls, like the like the stall move that like somebody like the almost yeah. like the maverick move on steroids. Right. Um, yeah, I mean the fighter stuff was ridiculous. And ridiculous. then also I felt like I felt like the thing about this movie was it was a full-blown 2022 Tom Cruise action flick, like you know, you get into like everything that happens on the mission and post mission and all this stuff, um, which like, I, you know, I won't do spoilers, but like, also, if you haven't seen it, like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> like, where <laughs> are you busy? Yeah, um, right, right. But, um, but like, you know, as opposed to like the original one where it's like, okay, it's cut and dry. They like go, they have a dog fight. And then like, we hug it out. There's like layer. There's like, it's way more of like a kind of a, proper action movie oh it's way more of a proper action movie with all yeah, I mean, the like, uh, did they rip off uh the end of star wars for the the run sure yeah i don't care yeah. but i mean the best part i i mean the best part of the movie i don't i don't want to give away but like at the end when uh you know uh miles teller and tom cruise are you know stuck behind enemy lines and they escape together you know and they um, and it, it kind of come together and lose all the uh, the the beefs between them. Yeah, you know that's the love story. That's the yeah, that's the bro. That's we didn't need that's Penny the bromance. Benjamin. We didn't need we Penny didn't, Benjamin. We didn't really need Penny Benjamin. We had the love story. Yeah. Do you think? Don't you think? Uh, what's uh uh she's a beautiful woman? Uh, uh, Penny Benjamin Connolly, Jennifer Connolly, Jennifer Connolly, like a little bulimic, little little skinny in that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, could have could have would have been fine having a little bit more weight on her. Yeah, like give me ten pounds and like I don't think you're fifty, but when you're that when you're that old, kind of it's like damn. By the way, kind of the right. What I did like about that, like kind of age appropriate, you know. Kind of age appropriate. I like. They're like she's older, but she's like significantly younger than Tom Cruise because she was an admiral. Like he had he had sex with her when she was fifteen the first time. Which is 1986 and totally acceptable then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally um, I want to shout out uh, a couple of tweets I saw because this made me laugh. Um, somebody, somebody named Will Maniker, Maniker, I don't know, uh, said my favorite part of Top Gun Maverick by far was simply ice is typing. 
when they were when they were texting each other. And uh, this guy, Matt, I know, who is a great at punished goon on Twitter. Matt is a hilarious comedian. I met up at the uh, Alaska uh, Comedy Festival. He wrote after second viewing, it occurred to me that this is his reply to that tweet or quote tweet of that. After the second viewing, it occurred to me that Maverick entered Iceman into his phone as first name Ice, last name Man. Which is amazing. It was fun watching. It was fun watching Maverick text. You're like, he is, you know, he is master of all the jets. And he even is, you know, a test pilot now. And he seems most awkward. Like, I don't don't feel like Tom Cruise texts. No. I don't feel like Tom Cruise has ever sent a text message in his life. You think Tom Cruise has ever slid into anybody's DMs ever? No. I don't even think he would know how. I don't even think he would know how. I don't even think no. he knows what a DM is. Even even David Miscavige's. <laughs> but um, I I I loved it. I said fourteen out of ten. Just I, I know. I know. The, I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was very. I was thought it was good. Very good. I was excited to see it. I was happy uh, when I walked out. Uh, there was no disappointment or anything um it was sort of like a, a fun tom movie cruise. it's a fun summer movie that everyone should go see because it it's fucking fun it's great it's like if tom cruise you know tom cruise does mission impossibles and tom cruise does this you know action tom cruise does jack reacher tom cruise does like whatever you know whatever they are but it's yeah. like if this movie was just called jets 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 it would have <laughs> been <laughs> it would have been a good tom cruise summer action movie but yeah. then they just took Jets, 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 and they layered it with nostalgia for a movie from 1986 that gives me a that they gives me a hard on. Don't tease me. And <laughs> it, that made it perfect for me. I was just like, yes. And I and honestly, the saddest, like the the review that I'm saddest to deliver is like I've still only seen it once. I have to go again. I think it's time to go yeah. again. Yeah. The, th- the what did you think besides the gayness? Um, of the first one that was totally missing in this one. And I don't know if this man's dead because that's the only excuse that I mean, not, there, have James, there, not have James Tolkien or Tolkien, whoever, you know, the guy was like, I got to send you two characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he is dead. He is dead? I think he's dead. I think that's why they went bald Ed Harris. Oh, okay. All I right. Think, I think Ed Harris was supposed to be his... Uh, his replacement guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it was kind of like having, then what was John Hamm there for? Right? Uh, yeah. Because, you know, like they're both kind of singing the same note there. I would have liked to see uh, John Hamm be a little more like Tom Skerritt, a little more yeah. on his side. Yeah. Cause he just comes off like a jealous little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also was like disappointed. Like, why didn't we get like, why didn't we get like a t- Tim Robbins Merlin sighting? Where was, you know, right. w- what's happened to Cougar? Why did we have, why did we like force, uh, force feed a couple of black, older black guys in, but it wasn't, it wasn't that black guy whatever. who yeah. was in Die Hard. He says, yeah, yeah, oh exactly. God, the quarterback is toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why not that guy? Yeah. Um, uh, I thought Miles Teller was really good. Um, I'm really into uh, his other show, The Offer. I don't know if you've seen it on Paramount. About you, you told me about it. I haven't watched it. I've got to watch it. Um, I'm such a Godfather guy. Yeah, dude. Come on. So, come on. Yeah, 
I'm on it. I've got a lot. I've got a lot on my to do list uh, yeah. for for content wise, um, and that that's definitely definitely up there. Now, before we get into baseball, um, your Golden State Warriors are up three to two in the NBA Finals. Um, I have been treading water uh, financially in the uh, NBA playoffs this year, yeah. and yet. I am dominating this NBA finals. I've yet to pick a game wrong. I've been bouncing money lines and spreads and money lines and spreads. I loved the, I loved that the NBA playoffs zigzag theory, like uh, essentially abandoned itself during this NBA playoffs and has saved itself perfectly for the NBA finals. I went back and forth, back and forth for first four games. And then I said uh, on the podcast yesterday, no doubt that golden state holds down home court. I think also no doubt that Boston, uh, holds down home court in game six. And, uh, and then of course, game seven, anything is possible, possible. but, but I have predicted, I did predict a Boston in seven, uh, was my prediction while also, and, uh, you, this is very important. You're no friend of Steph. You're a the, fake friend of Steph. This is important. Is I, I am rooting for the Warriors. <laughs> and I was, I should say, I was rooting for the Warriors. I was rooting for the Warriors for two main reasons. One, fuck Boston. Mm-hmm. Two, I do like that Steve Kerr, you know, went out there and, and did his gun control thing. I thought that was ballsy, was. especially at the point in the season we were at. I liked Gabe Kapler doing his thing. I was like, why are... Why are NB, why are San Francisco head sports coaches the only people that are fucking doing anything about gun violence in our country? Yeah. So, you know, never never the biggest Gabe Kapler guy either, but like I was like, yes, Steve Kerr, yes, Gabe Kapler. And so I was rooting f- for the Warriors and then I got antagonized on yesterday's dirty sports by one of our callers and I was just like Oh, I didn't know calling Steph somewhere between 12 and 15 all time and the world's greatest shooter in the history of mankind that we've ever seen in the NBA. It was some sort of diss. <laughs> and it was like, give the man the credit he deserves. And I was like, I feel like I have given the man the credit he deserves. And this is when I wrote in. This is, exa- this is exactly the moment. So I'm walking king. I'm, I'm flipping through YouTube. I see you guys on there. You guys are on my feet. Say what? I mean, I know we're talking about steps 43 at game four. We got to be discussing it. And I literally uh, come in on exactly that with you being like, what? What did I say? What did I say? I think he's somewhere between 15 and 20 all time. That's good. And yeah. read it immediately right in. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, Nick Wright, <laughs> Joe Prano. Yeah. Insane. Yes. Yes. Um, I still feel that Seth is better than Bill Russell um, only because I've never seen Bill Russell and neither of you. Um, and I think it's really hard. And, and uh, honestly, I think all these lists, top 10 lists, all these players from different eras is nonsense. There's no way. There's no way to compare. Them. Well, I mean, so, there, that, that's, I think that's too different. There's, I think there's I think- no way to, to, to get from a highlight tape of Bill Russell swatting a guy. And it's the same highlight we've seen. Swats a guy it, to Bob Cousy, runs the floor. Bob Cousy does 
you know, all right hand spin moves and throws them an alley-oop, which he dunks. I mean, I so, think that's, I think that's the important thing is like the, in these conversations, it's like, it's not who, you know, it's not if we threw all these guys out on a basketball court right now, like what order would I select them in? Because in that case, you know, like, I don't like, I don't know if Larry Bird's making my fucking, you know, making a 15 man roster in the NBA these days. Like, I don't know if you know, like a lot of the, uh, certainly the Bill Russell's and the Wilts and like, honestly, Magic Johnson couldn't fucking shoot like, but in terms of like the legacy in what they accomplished versus their peers at the any given time, it's like, that's why to me, you know, when people say, Jordan has six and LeBron has four. I'm like, cool. Bill Russell has 11 and Jordan has six. But I know that winning six when there's a, you know, 30 team league and all the athletes are this good is more impressive than winning 11. And the same way I know winning when four. There's an eight team league. Right. And you know, the entire league. And right. you all take the same train together. And, and which know. is why I'm like. You know, I, I think winning four, if you're LeBron James, is more impressive uh, with the competition than winning six. But there's a huge gap then between like you can't sit out there and be like, you know, Dirk Nowitzki is better than fucking Bill Russell. It's like Bill Russell could only play against the guys he could play against. Right. The, the NBA, there's no way. There's no NBA, way to tell. The finals MVP is named after him. He won 11 times in terms of legacy and all they accomplished. Um, my list leans modern for that reason, but the two guys that seem to be general consensus, like you can't, um, include lists. It's like Wilt and Bill Russell, which is why I'm like, where am I ranking them in my top 10? I don't know, maybe fucking eight yeah. and nine or something like that. Right. But, but in terms of their legacy, like they are in my top 10. And I think that, um, I think Steph, you know, has potential of cracking that top 10, but I don't think he's there yet. No, I don't think he's there yet. I think he needs the fourth one is big, the fourth chip and the, and, uh, and also the second chip, the second non Durant chip is important. I think I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I think it's important in that not necessarily that it doesn't have Durant, in it but it's important that all these guys got hurt for like two years i mean clay got demolished for like two two of the worst injuries back to back back to back steph was hurt for a year and um everybody was i mean i guess it is kind of uh kind of in the kevin durant conversation but for them to get it deal with all those injuries come back you know with just those guys, but they still picked up Andrew Wiggins. Who's not Kevin right, Durant. Right. Who's not, but, but that's, but that's a more reasonable, Hey, we went out, we shopped, we did the thing. We found a player, we bought low, you know, he's, he's been a fucking, you know, he's a doll on steroids a little bit. Like I, that's fine. As opposed to like, if next year, you know, Luca decides to come to the warriors and you're like, what the fuck are we doing again? You know what I mean? And I, and I also, I would say that this is the most important one because you know, you talk about injuries. We can't forget that 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 Cavs team that goes on to beat the 73 and nine Warriors is one that goes to a game six with them the year before. No love, no Irving. So 
It's like, this is well, the one. You can make the argument that they won each other's championships. You could make that argument. Yeah, yeah. you could. Yeah. But uh, I think that this is the one. There's no, there's no what ifs. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And Steph is playing for an MVP. Yes, 100%. 100%. I think back to that, that uh, Warriors-Cavs era, I think a lot of people who aren't um, Warriors fans really would like to see that that third um you know the the trilogy without kd yeah but at the same time it's also a little bit misleading to say kevin durant joined a 73 win team because they had to get rid of all their guys right to get kevin durant so it was a completely new team but i think you're right he's got the winning this finals winning this finals mvp it puts him further, you know, closer to that top 10. Well, everybody's top 10. He's, you know he's already in my top 10. He's in my top five. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's one. He's the chosen one. The new chosen one. Chosen what's, one. what's your confidence level right now? How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel, I mean, I feel good that, um, you know, there's, cl- there's, there's a path to victory for us and it's not all Steph going nuclear. Um, I'd argue. Know. I mean, that was the thing yesterday. Like, man, this guy really got me off my fucking spot yesterday. I was like, I'm rooting for the warriors and for Steph. Justin Wood and I had sent each other text messages saying like, it's okay. As LeBron stands, we can root for Steph. Greatest shooter ever. Like he should get one. And I was like, I agree. And then <laughs> this fucking warriors fan gets in my fucking Head, and I'm like, fuck it. But then Steph yesterday, I mean, Steph, Steph lays an egg. The big, the big run happens in the fourth quarter with Steph on the bench. What? No, no. The big run doesn't happen with him on the bench. Kinda. Hold on. Hold on. Let's define what an egg is because did he shoot? Well, no, but he's still plus 15. He's got eight, 16 points, eight assists. I mean, he just got some help for once. You know, all he did, he, he, he played great defense. The, the way his here's defense the, has been great. Here's the thing, though. And and, right. I, and unfortunately, I think he's still that, averaging with that egg 30 points a game. Unfortunately, I think that, listen, the Iguodala finals MVP is that should have been LeBron's MVP. That should have been Steph's MVP, but whatever. Should, should have been LeBron. It should like the, the, the correct yes. thing to do there. Was give the best player of the losing team who shot forty percent the MVP. Got Correct. it. Correct. Got it. For, for having obviously a, for having a six game series with Matthew Dellavedova and Timothy Mozgov in a starting line. Oh, but, in the but NBA I thought Dellavedova was this the Curry stopper. That's I'm what everybody was telling me. I was not that guy. Was I was like, this guy shouldn't be in the Curry fucking drop thirty seven on him in game five. I was like, he shouldn't be in the league. Now, unfortunately, they nah. gave it. They gave it to Igadala. I agree, Steph second. It should have been LeBron, then it should have been Steph. The idea that Iguodala got it is insanity. Should have been Steph. But now they're gonna give it now they're gonna give it to Steph, even though the reason they give it to Iguodala, they should almost give it to Wiggins. Oh, easy, but easy, but so uh by your logic, you're saying, well, um Wiggins is the best player in the series had the best fifth game. So we're gonna give the MVP of the series. To the guy who scored the second most points? In the- no, no. I would. Here's what I would say. Come on. I, I would say the second best player in this series, uh, like 
before the series starting, the second best player in this series, if you go, who's the best player in this series? You say Steph, Steph Curry. Yes. The second best player in this series is Jason Tatum. Should be. Who's been held in check. By? Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. Who is also doing a lot of scoring. Doing a lot of scoring. He's been very good. But like, so Steph, he's, neutra- Steph he's, has ne- played- he's he- neutralized. He's neutralized the best set player on the other team and been your second best player offensively. Right. So you're making arguments for the second best player getting the first best player's award. I'm arguing. Always been the first best player. I'm arguing. The most valuable player. It's not the second most. I'm arguing that there's two sides to basketball and Andrew Wiggins is playing both sides. There's two sides. You're right. There's the simplistic view that you're taking right now. And there's a more nuanced view that like Andrew Wiggins, as good as he's been, hasn't been on Jason Tatum every single possession. It's, you know, uh, Draymond takes him sometimes, sometimes Steph on him, sometimes GP2's on him. You know, but in I mean, like he was one for 10 against them. Let, let me yeah. let me ask. Let me ask you this just for yeah. just for argument's sake. And then we go to we go to baseball. Sure. With the defensive job. First of all, I don't think you guys are out of the, the woods here. We're, you know? we're, you know, we're, is, no, we're not. Let me make that very clear. Yeah, I, I feel still, good about being up three, two after five. What per, with, gonna, with the job that Andrew Wiggins has done on Jason Tatum? Mm-hmm. What percentage of Steph Curry's points in the series gets the job done for him? If he scores 85% of the points that Steph scores in a series and he does that job defensively. Now, I don't think he's probably at like 60% right now, maybe 50 with the big 46 point game or whatever. But like what what what, percentage? Steph has scored 150 points. Okay. So far, he's averaging 30 a game. Okay, so I understand you need a big wing to win NBA Finals. You definitely do. And Andrew Wiggins has been um, Iguodala-esque, certainly better than Harrison Barnes ever was. You know, he's been great. But as we stand now, after five games, the series isn't over. It's if you're if 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 uh, the game was five, it was a five game series and what was over, Steph would be the MVP. 100%. I'm, all I'm asking you is what percentage I don't know. Of the points? Okay, I'll give you 55% of Steph's points. Wow, if he goes 55, yeah, because I think he's probably at like God, you know, where are we at? Let's go to this, let's go to the uh breakdown. He's probably, I bet she's at fucking, you know. He goes, where are we at? Points. He 20, needs 70, 20, 11 points. is 31, and 18 is 49, and mm-hmm. 17 is 50, is 66, and 26 is 92? Now he needs more. Did I say 55? It's 75. That's what I said. I said, is it 85? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. Is it I don't eight, know. 75? He's done a great like- job, and I'm glad he's on my team. He's been incredible. Like, but you're not wrestling this this finals MVP. I'm not wrestling. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that no convoluted arguments this time, Joe. <laughs> Steph is the fucking finals MVP if they win. That's it. There's two games left. There's two games left. Yeah. If they win. 
I'm rooting for the Warriors. I've also, I've also predicted Boston in seven. That's not a real uh, uh, rooting interest. Well, fuck Boston is most in, first and foremost. Right. You're them. you're in a tough spot. I said you to you yesterday. I said to you yesterday. Have to deal with fucking Boston fans. I said yesterday. Steph, Steph Curry, ties LeBron. I I said before. Oh, I'm not worried about that anymore at all. all I, right. I, I but the Steph. I've said to you like, like, oh, like unhinged Steph stands <laughs> still greater than Boston fans just in general. hundred percent. It doesn't come with any racism. It doesn't come with any like a much less angry crowd. Tom Brady doesn't come up when you talk about Steph Curry. Like, <laughs> why, why is Tom Brady coming? I mean, I, I just don't let the Warriors win at Boston, Boston. Like don't let Draymond fucking celebrate on the, on the leprechaun. Yeah, I've got I've got kids here. Hold on one second. All right. Hey, <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. I'll come see you guys after. I'll come see you guys in a little bit. <laughs> and that is the cold open of Topanga Joe. <laughs> <laughs> there. My neighbor, my neighbor, niece and nephew. Are... Hey, I'm on a podcast. I'll come see you guys when I'm done. Okay. <laughs> here we go anyway it's baseball anyway time. um they're in good position i hope they win it's gonna it's gonna be really really tough i hope they can do it um i th- i feel good uh if they come back game seven i feel good knowing that these guys have gone through 2016 you know i don't think you know i don't think it'll happen again let's let's transition here from your Golden State Warriors. Normally, we would say across the bay, mm-hmm. but now that your Warriors now have moved, they're to, now they're neighbors. Now, now they've moved to just down the block. Your San Francisco Giants are three games back in the West. Arizona and Colorado are, you know, non-factors under five hundred. We do not talk about teams who are under five hundred on yep. the Dirty Slides podcast. The San Diego Padres who I watched clobber my Mets last week at Petco. Great, uh, great stadium. Tied with the Dodgers in first place. Your San Francisco Giants, three games back. We're going to go around the league, but talk to me about your general feelings about your San Francisco Giants right now. I love Gabe Kapler. He's really, he's really grown on me. Your San Francisco Giants are tied for the second wild card spot with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. So right now you're a playoff team. Right now. Right now. Right now. But I think uh, the Giants are lacking uh, something that teams like the Dodgers, the Padres, the Mets even, the Yankees, uh, the Blue Jays for sure. They're missing a dude. They're a dude light or maybe two dudes light. And they're going to have to make a trade. Are they dude free? Um, well, I think the. No, they've got they've got a couple guys who could who could masquerade as dudes for a little while, but I don't know if they can be a guy for a whole season. And like the dude on this team right now is Jock Peterson. Right. But Jock Peterson seems to be 
everybody's fourth outfielder, every really good team's fourth outfielder. And he comes and our he's, team. And he's your dude. And he's our dude. So that Not says to me that there's a la- real lack of talent in the organization. I, I'd almost say that. I'd almost say, I'd almost say the San Francisco Giants issue is that Jock Peterson is a dude mm-hmm. when he's your fourth outfielder. When he's your fourth outfielder. Right. You're like, we got a dude on the bench. Right. We're a contender. We got a dude that we can pencil in and out of the lineup as we see fit. And he's cool. And especially in October. Yeah. Yeah. But every day. And we'll see, you know, like, did has Jock really gotten an everyday chance? Truly? Right. Right. You know, I mean, like, even when he came up with, say, the height of his powers in the Dodgers, he was still gotten, like, jerked around in the lineup with Dave yeah. Roberts, like, you know, thing. And, you know, and and still the Giants kind of operate like the Dodgers that way. So, you know, he's probably going to – he's going to get – I, I think he'd get four, 500 bats, but he could end up with 400 bats. Who fucking knows, you know. But my, my general point is um, they need to make a trade for either a dude in the uh, – uh, in the rotation or uh, one of the starting eight. And, you know, they got um, a depreciating asset, Joey Bart, who they had to sh- send down. Um, uh, so, and apparently all these, you know, other college catchers that they've drafted aren't doing so hot either. Um, so they may have to uh, trade some, high price assets or not high price assets, but like some assets they don't want to trade like Luciano um, or the, like the six ten guy that they got coming up, you know, to get a guy because they catch the baseball and uh, you know, they hit home runs. So they got a shot. I, I don't know if the bill pens as good as it was last year. Seems to be blowing up here and there. So that's my you're, assessment. You're you're three games back of the Dodgers and the Padres. Padres playing really well. Padres uh, seven and three in their last ten to the Dodgers four and six in their last ten. Currently on a three game losing streak. Got some uh, bad injury news though. Got some bad injury news. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Dodgers uh, split with the Mets last weekend in a four game set. Get swept by the Pirates a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, let's go buckos Padres surging, but still Tatisless. Yes. Yes. And that was the news. I think that, uh, went down today that, uh, they don't like where he's at. And so he's going to stay on the shelf for a little bit. It was kind of undetermined. Now I am, you know, we'll get to my Mets when we get to the East, but you can't hate the Padres team. Who's tied for first surging Tatisless, and then just be like, Hey, this is good. We don't rush it. We don't have to panic and we don't have to rush him and we get him as healthy as we can. As long as we're hanging around, you know, I'm like, right. if, if you're not five, six, I, I think five's a, a good number, but if you're not five games back, you don't, you don't panic rush anybody back. I mean, obviously you want Tatis as healthy as possible, but you are going to need him. I think you are going to need, need him when it gets to the real uh, nut crutching time for sure. And, and Walker Bueller, obviously out for the Dodgers Dodgers kind of struggling uh, as of late, but still, you know, uh, super talented and they're going to be fine. 
they could fart out 90 wins. Right. You know, yeah. The central has been kind of quiet uh, in the NL. The Cincinnati Reds need to get sold. Uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, are just like a team that runs around playing spoiler. Now the best again, just like try not to lose to the Cubs when they come to town. Uh, Pittsburgh, same thing. They'll get swept by the Pirates. Right. Uh, my Mets uh, take on the second place Milwaukee Brewers in New York. Uh, Brewers are 34 and 28 and a game and a half back, although they're two and eight in their last 10 um, and they're game and a half back to the St. Louis Cardinals, who are the only team with any sort of positive, seriously positive run differential in the division. They're plus 49 to the Milwaukee Brewers plus five. And um, I mean, to me, that's like Cardinals by default should Car- be the name of that division. Car- yeah, Cardinals by default. The Cardinals are like the fucking Spurs. The Cardinals are like right. your Warriors. The Cardinals are like when in doubt, if you don't they're know any Patriots. better, they're the Patriots of baseball. Yeah, I guess you know. Um, so they are. But it doesn't matter who their manager is. Yeah, really, right? Right, totally. <laughs> uh, Ollie Marmel. Sure. Yeah. The guy last year, Mike Schilt. Yeah. But St. Louis uh, in, in the national league is, you know, it goes Mets Dodgers, San Diego, two games back of the Mets uh, St. Louis, four and a half back. And then San Francisco and Atlanta five back. So that's your, those are your NL playoff teams. I did hear some, uh, just a juicy little tidbit uh, rumor uh, like this week before we move off the NL West that the Giants for some reason are a, a favorite landing spot of a possible Aaron Judge free agent Wow, signing. I mean, I know he's from Fresno, but it seems like he'd really have to want to come to the Giants, you know, because what are the, I mean, the Yankees probably prepared to make him the first 500 million <laughs> Well, it's interesting because the Yankees have been a totally different financial ball club post, you know, big Steinbrenner. Um, But it seems crazy to go out and spend the Garrett Cole money to go out and spend the Stanton money. money Yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of teams that are, um, that are like sort of in the mix for, or in talks, like little rumored spots for Aaron judge. I either think um, you like a, a a San Francisco team has to play on hometown vibes. Uh, we're gonna come, we're gonna come close to meeting that offer. Yeah. Um, or everybody's just trying to drive up the Yankees' price tag. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. But that would be the dude that the Giants would be looking for, Aaron Judge. That that's that's that would solve our dude problem. That's as close to you guys signing Barry Bonds as you could probably get at this point yeah, in baseball. A hundred percent. I mean, I guess the only real difference would be um, uh, that maybe Aaron judge is, um, you know, a little bit more injury prone. Yeah. You know? So here's what we're going to do. We'll talk about then at least, then we'll jump to that Yankees team in the AL central, uh, the AL East. And yeah. I'll, I'll present to you something, but my Mets lead the NL East by five games. They uh, are five games up on the Atlanta Braves. The Phillies have have surged with a nine and one in their last 10 games to be over 500. 
the Marlins have fallen off and the Braves and the Washington Nationals are terrible. Braves five games back at 35 and 27. One Braves are on a 12 game winning streak. So yeah, here's, here's the sort There's of lots of dudes on that Braves team. Here's the sort of pseudo panic. Here's the two sides to the panic coin. If you're a Mets fan, uh, Mets lead has dwindled to five. It was up in the 10 game mm-hmm. range at certain points, but Mets were leading the division by five and a half games. When Max Scherzer goes down, Max Scherzer about to start a rehab stint and the Mets are up five games. So you can talk about how that, that number ballooned and you can talk about how it then shrank again. But the bottom line is the Mets are one more game or one half of a game smaller lead than they had when they lost Max Scherzer, their second ace loss of the year. Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom, both uh, smelling ball fields. Smelling return. Smelling, smelling rehab stints, which I saw a great tweet the other day. It was like, imagine you show up in Binghamton, New York as a double A ball player for a weekend series and you got to go to Grom Scherzer. You're just what, like, if you're like, what if you're, what if you're like a 26 year old double A guy who's hitting like 204 and is just, just hitting the struggle bus. Yeah. And like, you, every day you're walking on eggshells because you're you're sure you're about to be you're like your wife's your wife's like twelve hundred dollars a month for you right. to summer in binghamton for while, you I, while i raise right. our two kids alone yeah yeah Go and you're hitting stuff. 204 yeah and now oh whoops here's Degrom and scherzer on a weekend fucking start or you leave it back to back you leave the series hitting 160 yeah <laughs> <laughs> seven more K's under your belt. <laughs> Fucking disaster. Um, sucks sometimes. So that's, so that's here's my question to you yeah. about the Mets. Now you have, you've seen how many Mets games you, uh, you think you've seen uh, live in this season? Like four, six, right? Four, four, four. Okay. four. I'm two and two, two and two. And you've watched uh, easily 15 Mets games on TV. I've watched, I mean, Forty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, what to you has been the Buck Showalter effect? The Buck Showalter effect is 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 um, multifaceted, and I think the most important one, like crazily enough, it's like the team knowing the rules, like they <laughs> they they like fucking they like take advantage of like the rules. Like he's, yeah. he's definitely doing like classroom situations. They've, yeah. they've already had like a couple of like, we're going to do this cause they did that. And it's going to get us a run kind of things. And then also I think just the, like the, like Buck Showalter's face, you know, like they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? But a, a, any picture of Buck Showalter's face yeah. is, is worth a thousand words. And that the entire thousand words, a start and end with baseball seasons are long. <laughs> Everybody just calm the fuck down. Doesn't matter what happens in game 42. Doesn't matter what happens in game 47. Doesn't matter what happens in game 161. All that matters is what happens over the course of 162 games, which we're all going to get older. We're all going to take probably, you know, 300 dumps 
We're going to fucking, you know, we're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. Right. Just make it to the fucking playoffs. Be healthy. You know, and then hope for the best because I've never won a playoff series in my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, and, you know, I think that is kind of that's almost the um, that's almost part of the Showalter thing is like he's built to be your like Sherpa through the grind that is like the major league baseball season. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, is he Mr. Fucking, you know, is he Mr. Like in-game manager in a playoff series? I don't know. But like the good thing is, I think all of those guys are gone at this point. Like we're now, it's now all computer vibes. So like, I don't True. Think, he's I don't... one of the last um, old school managers left, you know, like his guys. Like in a little manager chess game. With, yeah. In a manager chess game between Leland. Yeah, right. exactly. They're all gone. So Tony LaRusse is getting booed out of Chicago. <laughs> he's getting booed out of Chicago. They don't want him. Yeah. Get the well, fuck out of here. There was there was a problem last year. Yeah. You know. He, he wasn't that cool last year. And like you, I heard about it. You explained it, uh, the context a little bit better that, you know, it was, it, there was a wild pitch. The guy moves up to second. They wanted to keep the double play intact or whatever. They go, uh, they go with the matchup. They go with the also matchup. Trey Turner's like the National League MVP at this point and fucking, right. um, they go to Muncie who's hitting like 143. Muncie of all people hits a bomb and then like is like, don't fucking walk to get to me. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. dude, you're hitting 145. I mean, I'm not a fucking not a math whiz, but yeah, I think we'll take you over Trey Turner if Trey Turner was asleep. <laughs> like, you got me. You got me. It's but true. also, but also Max Muncie, like a general, a good general rule is. No shit talking in baseball if you're hitting below the Mendoza line. I don't know, dude. It's kind of this is where I this is where I'll push back on that a little bit. Is that um, Max Muncy's always talked shit? Yeah. So if he's not talking shit when he's hitting 160, it's like you know he's gone. He's he's his whole persona is he's like he's lost confidence. So. I would say keep talking shit, Max Muncy. I mean, like he had like his whatever his elbow fucking turned inside out last yeah. year. You know, I guess here's my question for you. Shit, here's Muncy. here's okay. my here's my question for you on La Russa. Yeah, I I feel like this intentional walk turned three run homer is like becoming like this like moment in time where they're like that was it that was the you know yeah. it's like record scratch i bet you're wondering how we got here (laughs) like but if you're a chicago white Sox fan do you want la russa there or do you want la russa gone i mean if you just zoom out a little bit um let's see they went to the playoffs last year yeah right They they won the division last year they won the division last year um, but they were good the year before. And then they fired their manager. Yeah? Yes. Who was their manager? I forget, but they did. Ron LaFlam? Yeah. yeah something like did, that. They Whatever. did fire him. They fired him. So they're kind of just kind of stuck in this pretty good mode, and they can't really get over the top. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't know. Like to me, I always thought of Tony LaRussa as a smug motherfucker. I thought he was smarter than everybody. So if I'm a Southside Chicago guy, like, you know, this guy could probably get on my last nerve anyway. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, like this guy, um, he was there before back in the eighties and he's had success. You know, he's got like a tremendous track record. I'm, so, I, I, here's my I don't thing. I know if it's a LaRussa problem exactly. You know, it's more, not if I'm a Chicago Cub or sorry, a White Sox fan, I'd be more asking like, if I'm a White Sox player, like, what do the players think? Yeah. You know, to me, to me, here's the thing. If I'm the owner, you got to consider all these things right now. The, the White Sox are three games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, to me, if you're, if you're the White Sox, if you're the White Sox owner, if that gets to five games out, which is where Seattle is at, you know, under 500, three and a half games out. I mean, the White Sox are under 500. The, Angels are under 500 after a fucking massive tailspin. Um, to me, it's like if that gets to five, fuck it, fire him and and start over and figure so it out. What, what is your? I mean, uh, this where I'd be like, okay, so who are we gonna hire? Who's out there? Yeah, no, I have no fucking Nothing. idea. I have no right. idea. Yeah, are Wally, Wally Backman. <laughs> right. <laughs> we missed mega signs. Yeah. Um. Uh. You know, if they're prepared to go uh, complete analytics, you know, they could hire fucking Tim Anderson's dad. Yeah. You know, just have a mouthpiece, but uh, they're going to go get Bochi. Right. How much, how much money would it take Bochi to uh, manage the White Sox? To move to the south side of Chicago? Yeah. I feel like he likes his boats and he likes San Diego yeah. and yeah. fish. That's going to be tough sell. Um, the... So we're bouncing around. We'll right. leave the, we'll we'll leave the Mets. Oh, well, let's go, let's go back to the NL East for a second. Yeah. Do you think I should be in fear? hundred percent. I should I should fear the dude heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brace you should team. be hundred percent. You should. Yeah. You should live with fear because you're the Mets. Right. You're the Mets. This is a whole new Mets team, though. No, this is a really good team. I mean, it's a really good team. It's just this is Mets baseball. You, like. And and the Braves are good. The Braves are really good. And and uh, Kyle Schwarber is a big addition for the Phillies. Like I, I, I'm not really. I, I wouldn't be so worried about Phillies. I just worry about the Braves. They're the World Champs. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Houston, their demise. Everybody, you know, I penciled them in for a a a, a you know a fall off year. I was wrong. Right. They, they are running away with the away. West. Yeah. Seven and a half games up on the next best Texas Rangers. Uh, LA Angels have fall, fallen off. Seattle, who I thought might do a little bit of a run. Uh, oh, wait. Year. Oh, wait. I know who could coach the White Sox. Who's available? Who's that? As Joe Madden. Oh, yeah. Madden just got fired. Joe Madden, make Joe Madden the White Sox manager immediately. Yeah. He, by the way, he shaved a mohawk to try to inspire the angels, and they fired him before he could show it off. Oh, really? Insane. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's just living in his van, like with this sad mohawk. To me, I'll fucking dude. I'll take him as a bench coach on the on the Mets. That's for sure. Right. 
I mean, he's fun. We this is this is we brought back the Brown. I say we go Joe Madden to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Madden does how he he leaves I mean, like he was with the Cubs World series. He won the Cubs. He's a natural. Oh, this oh, is dude. that's the best call I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. Houston, uh 37 and 24, uh just running away with the West. Uh we don't really have to talk about that. Minnesota is the leader in the central. They're how 36. About Byron Buxton? Yeah. Woo. I mean, is it just a rule that uh, the Twins get an exceptional center fielder every kind of. years? Yeah. And they all are fucking black super athletes? Yeah, they're all black Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like how, it's like how Shaq got replaced by Dwight Howard eventually. Right. And it's like, I'm yeah. Superman. He's like, no, I'm <laughs> Superman. And then you're like, Tori Hunter gets Byron Buxton. He's like, what? Yeah. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, three and a half back. Chicago White Sox, hoping to make a move for Joe Madden. <laughs> Detroit, 24 and 36. Kansas City Royals, 20 and, thir- 20 and 40. And that takes us to oh, the... 20 and 40? Yeah. Jesus. Takes us to the all baseball leading 44 and 16 New York Yankees. Plus 127 run differential, nine and one in their last 10, eight games up on Toronto, nine games up on Tana, Tampa Bay, 12 and a half games up on an over 500 Boston team, 19 games up on Baltimore, who's like six games out of a wild card or something like that. I have a wager with a Yankee fan that the Mets will go further in the postseason than the Yankees. And this is built on my belief that the Mets will have dominant pitching come playoff time. Right. How do you feel about this Yankee team? They're playing so goddamn well. Every time they come up with a tough uh, portion of the schedule, they dominate it. They have 16 losses in mid-June. Um, I am just personally inspired Um that Matt Carpenter is not only raking after like coming back from the dead, just a fucking completely washed player. He went um, the Joe Prano mustache. Cause he, he went with me. I was just going to say he's going his, uh, Don Mattingly for Halloween. Yeah. He like couldn't, he couldn't day. rock. He couldn't rock the beard in the Bronx. Yeah. He goes, right. with the, he goes with the fucking, the, the stash. He, he's, he joins and us in stash land. Yeah. Breaking. I think he's got eight hits as a Yankee and six of them are bombs or some shit like that. Fucking amazing. Little league ballpark with the lefty swing. Uh, just like, like, like he must have died and go to heaven for a lefty, you know, guy with a little bit of pop and a couple of years left. I'm going to ask you this. I'm giving you $100. I'm giving you 100 units. Mm. Call it $100,000, call it $100 million, call it $100. I'm giving you 100 units. How much do you put on the Yankees to win? You can spread it out. It's all even money. How much of that 100 units do you put on the Yankees winning the World Series? And how much gets spread around on other teams? And what teams are they spread around? Um, I, uh, 100 units. So... I will put I will put probably 40 on the Yankees. Okay. 
And then I would spread it to wait, give me the standings in the AL East again. In the AL East? Yeah. Or the NL East? The AL, the AL East. Toronto's eight games back. Tampa Bay's nine games back. Boston's 12 and a half games back. Okay. So I would say, I would say uh, the other teams I would put money on are Toronto. Toronto currently uh, the wild card team. Mm-hmm. Tampa, Tampa Bay, the second wild card team. Boston, the third wild card team. This is, this is to win the World Series, yeah? To win the World Series. Okay, so then um, I will get, let's say I got 40 in the Yankees and I got 60 left. I might go 10 each on Toronto and Tampa Bay. Okay, so now you got the Dodgers. 10 on the Dodgers. Um, You're at 70. 10 on the Mets. And then I maybe put 10 on the Astros. And what's my last 10? San Diego, St. Louis, Atlanta. It's probably Atlanta. It's probably Atlanta. So you've got the Yankees at 40% of your units, and then you are equally spreading 10 on six different teams. Six pretty legit teams. Wow. That's what I think. Because the Yankees, if they're going to get somebody they need at the trading deadline. Yeah. Whatever they determine they need, and it's probably a pitcher, they're going to get someone. They're going to go for it. You know? Especially this big lead. So I don't know. That's what I do. What about like you? It. Well, I'm probably putting, 30 on the Mets. Putting 31 units on the Mets, 30 on <laughs> 30 on the Yankees. <laughs> We're now at 61 units. Now, do you if there's a subway series this year, do you feel better about this Mets team going against a powerhouse Yankee team than the Benny Agbayani Mets? Oh, for sure. I really, I actually, my, my, my thing about the Mets and we had to wrap up here because we're, we're, we're running out of time Yeah, is I just believe that come playoff time, especially if we have a shortened innings number, you know, if we don't have a lot of innings on a DeGrom and we don't have a lot of innings on a Scherzer and there's a lot of ifs, what ifs and but ifs and whatever, but if healthy and low inning totals, I feel like every team in baseball is the team is the kids who just showed up to play the Binghamton rumble ponies on a weekend. <laughs> good night and good luck. Right. 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 I mean, all you got to do is get those guys healthy for October. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And, um, you know, and, and then Buck Showalter winning world series would be, you know, a miracle. Just winning a playoff series would be a miracle. Be the great miracle. Laz, we got a minute left. Give me your plugs real quick. We'll get a fuck them going. I don't know if it's going to be the Angels for firing Joe Madden. I don't know if it's going to be Matt Carpenter and his Little League ballpark. <laughs> Yankees <laughs> Little League Park. Give me your plugs. We got less than a minute. Fire them up. Uh, follow me on uh, Twitter at Andy Lazarus, on Instagram at Andy Lazarus. Check out um, the Venice Gays um, Instagram page. And yeah, that's it. You guys know where to follow me. Follow us at uh, Dirty Slides on Twitter. Send us your slide in your DMs and give us your mentions so that we can do all those for the next episode. And fuck the Yankees Little League ballpark. Fuck them. <laughs>